Now this morning we are carrying on with a series where we're focused on some of the promises of God. And uh, you probably saw the slide with uh, J.D. Swear, um, the little idea that we are believing and trusting God to do uh, particular things that he says in his word that he will do. And uh, so this morning we're talking about one in particular. And we're starting for a morning with a bit of a, a, a quote. So the quote will be on the screen. I'm going to read through it. I want you to look at it for a moment and then uh, determine if you agree or disagree with the quote. And then we'll uh, do a little exercise after that. So the quote is this. Grace is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it takes a channel through which all other thoughts are drained. Grace is a thin stream of fear trickling through the mind. If encouraged, it puts a channel into all other thoughts to which all other thoughts are drained. I'm going to assume, just for the sake of this morning, that would ruin everything if this assumption's wrong, but that you would agree with this quote. I'm going to assume that you understand, that some of us understand, that worrying is this thin stream of fear that begins to build and gains traction and gets more energy the more we think about it. So it begs the question, what are some of the things that are trickling through our minds? What are some of the things that we're fearful of? What are some of the things that we worry about that begin to build some anxiety in us? Um, and what we want us to do, we'll do a little ex exercise. I'll give you about 30 seconds, 45 seconds. If you can pull out a sheet of paper, what I'd like for you to do is to start to list what are the current worries or fears in your life that maybe if you look back over the last year, you would say, oh man, this is definitely in my top five, top ten, things that I'm kind of worried about on a regular basis, okay? So I'm going to give you about 30 seconds, 45 seconds, sheet of paper, phone, whatever you need to use. Write down what is it that you're currently worried about? What is it that you're fearful of on occasion? What is it that kind of seeps up inside or trickles in your mind? creates anxiety or nervousness or worry in any particular way. Okay. Give you about 30 seconds to do that. I want you to say something that you think will probably be on somebody else's sheet, okay? So that you're not worried about sharing the fear that's on your sheet. We'll just assume that you're projecting this onto somebody else in the room. Uh, and you could just share what their fear will likely be, okay? So what are some of the fears, anxieties, things that we worry about on a pretty consistent basis? Just some of the best. Finances. 
we worry less and consumed less about what we think. Have you just encountered the second thing that causes worry often is lived experience, right? We worry about the experiences that we either have or have had or something that's touched our life or something that triggers fear. All of that is sort of in this category of lived experience. So for some of you, your recent year has brought about certain concerns or worries that become the pervading thoughts for the future. Um, that's true of all of us. But this is also where it's unique because your lived experience could be radically different from someone else's, therefore create a different set of fears. For example, if you look at your list right now, I'm going to doubt that there are a few things on your list. One of the things that I'm going to doubt that's on your list is that you are feared, fearing a devastating tornado, hurricane, flood, earthquake, or natural disaster to just destroy Spokane. Probably not at the top of your list. But this is very concerning because it's not necessarily a part of your lived experience. If you have lived in Spokane for most of your life, uh, you live in like a pretty insulated, this we don't have to worry about quite a few things, right? But you grew up in part of the Midwest and you heard tornado warnings going off, then there's a different set of fears. You grew up along a coastal region and there was pervasive flooding. You would be worried like, will my house be destroyed? Is the next storm going to take out uh, the stuff that we own? You get the idea. Fear is a part of lived experience. I would also say that some of us in the room would experience the next thing on my list where others of us wouldn't, and that is racialization, police brutality, gang violence. For some people, that is absolutely a part of their lived experience. For others, it's not a part of your lived experience. You've never at any one point been pulled over and thought to yourself, this could be it. I'm a little nervous about what's about to happen. See, fear comes from those things that we think, but it also comes from our lived experiences, the things that we come in contact with on a regular basis. And in the midst of the life that you're currently living, and in the midst of all of the fears that you have on your sheet of paper, God, communicating through Paul, makes this pretty profound promise. And he says this, Do not be anxious about anything. And everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So today, what I want to do very simply is to remind you of this promise and to kind of give a little bit of a color commentary on this scriptural principle. So we'll just piece by piece go through these two verses and highlight a few things that I think is this. Paul starts off with a command right at the beginning, do not be anxious. Right? It's non-negotiable. He's not like, hey, sometimes uh, if, you, if you can get around to not being, it's just a straight command, do not be worried, do not be anxious, do not be fearful, right? But Paul doesn't just start with the command of that phrase. He like doubles down on it and says, do not be anxious about anything. anything on your list, anything on your future list, anything that's upcoming, 
Anything else that's really good? And good is going to be the best way. And if you take one of the things you like, you know, you when you read them, when we start, you're like, oh, I won't write the other set on. Well, you don't understand what it's like to play an instrument. You just want to be or you can hear another that will let you sound more like Perfect. Right? And that's taking one of the sort of big things that says this. I want you to know something. That what has happened to me really serves to advance the gospel. So that it's become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the ranks that my imprisonment is for Christ. So in the midst of prison, in the midst of being fed up to a guard, in the midst of no hope for freedom for the future for him, he writes, don't be anxious about anything. He goes on to say this, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Or another way of saying it, in everything let your requests be known to God. In other which means to pray about everything. To constantly good things, bad things, inconsequential things, all of it, all the time. Communicate. Take whatever it is and bring it to God. Make your requests known. Ideas centered on this 
particular place. But this week, the thing that has continued to pervade my mind as I've been thinking about this passage is the idea that this is really a time of relationship. And what God is communicating, I think, in this text is that you can have such a relationship with God that you can feel this freedom to interact with him face to face. It's a, it's a beautiful idea. Last night, I uh, woke up at 3 in the morning. I looked over at the clock. I was like, man, I, I wish I could be asleep right now, but all of a sudden I put to wake. And as I was trying to go back to sleep, I quoted this verse. But instead of starting in verses 6 and 7, which is what I quoted for you before, I started in verse 4. So I had memorized this section a long time ago. And um, I started in verse 4, which says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident toward all. The Lord is near. Then verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It sounds different because it's NIV. That's what I was reading back in the day when I memorized it. Um, here's what's what's interesting because it, it just sounds like it, honestly at 305 this thought came into my mind as I was saying it. I had always memorized verses like one through five as one section, and then I started in verse six and following because it's an idea about being anxious or worrying and it's kind of tethered together, right? And I didn't make the connection that I made last night at 3.05 a.m. And the connection was this. There's a little phrase right in there when it says rejoice, always rejoice, but your gentleness be evident toward all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. Right? Some of those ideas that this is separating what was so like awesome to be thinking about last night was this idea that the Lord is near is directly connected to the phrase, do not be worried about anything. This is an absolutely amazing relational idea that God absolutely cares about what it is we're going through. And what he says in this text is that he is near, that he is present. He's not distant. He's not out there where he's uncaring. He actually knows the very things you're going through. The very fears that are creeping up within, the very worry that you're starting to have, that's the thing that what God is saying first and foremost is this. I'm present. I love you. I'm in this with you. So therefore, be glad. one phrase, and the phrase is with thanksgiving. Don't slip this little phrase into the verse, but make your request known to God, not before them, to do that with thanksgiving or with gratitude. Now, what fascinates me about the scriptures often is that there will then be something that's stated in the text that years and years and years and years and years later, saints 
we pray for the city of Spokane. It's a fitting prayer for your family, a complete fullness and wellness and beauty and everything ideal. But the answer is the bounce of the door that you enter into this relationship with God with the gratitude in that process. So I close by reading you these same two verses again in the message written by Eugene Peterson. It says this, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. Like petitions and phrases, shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. It's wonderful when people get a place, that place of worry at the center of your life. Will you stand with me as we do a benediction together? Thank you.